I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's BMW Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello to you. Hello, Rick. Uh, we were just talking about our games off camera. We might as well talk about other people's games on camera now. That's what we get paid to do. We did have a couple of hours of rain delay this morning over to I don't know the exact number, but because of that, we've got some guys still out on the golf course. Everybody's played basically nine holes. A lot of guys are done. Everybody went off number one T so got off to a little bit of a slow start this morning, KP, but uh, lots of golf in the books already. Yeah, and it's it, it was uh, it felt like a long delay this morning because you're you're up, you're ready for it to to rock and roll. There's only 50 guys. You're like, oh, knock it out, and then they just didn't start forever. It, it, I think it's it's disappointing on two fronts. You want to get it in, but also the course is just not playing like it like it normally does, right? And and that's you know when you have a championship venue like Olympia Fields, you want it to play like a championship venue, and it's just not right now. 2020, the round uh, scoring average was 1.8 strokes over par as of like two minutes ago. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Right now. I haven't looked. Okay. Is it like 0.2 over? It's really close. 0.02 over. (laughs) But it was it was like it was just under par until like two minutes ago and now is just barely over par, but still a lot easier the thing the thing is kp it's 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 the receptive greens we kind of heard rory McIlroy talk about it after his round we'll get to him in a second but he said you know hitting out of the rough here 
is not so bad when the greens are as receptive as they are kind of actually might help in some situations because you know there's not going to be a lot of spin on it that's the big difference that we're seeing from 2020 olympia fields to 2023 olympia fields yeah totally i mean i just saw uh i was watching more earlier and he hit a ball i think it was on nine or ten out of the sand and you expect a, a ball hit from where he did with that with the trajectory that i had with the arc on it to kind of bounce off these greens and it just like it almost it almost plugged i mean that was that was how wet it looked and that's a bummer because you just you, you there's no way to get the golf course to play like you wanted to when when you have that kind of condition nope nope no nope, not at all but we still <laughs> i didn't know where i was going nope 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 <laughs> nope, nope. My brain malfunctioned in the middle of that. Sentence. I could see it. I could see it malfunction. <laughs> I did. Nope. 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 No. Oh my gosh! Wow. That, and I couldn't think of a, a segue or a transition or anything out of it. I was stuck in a loop. Yeah, oh, that that will be a that will be a drop for oh, for producer man. Josh. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Very early this morning, one of the first men out was Jordan Spieth. He shot a two under 68, which at the moment is tied for six. Then he got off to a hot start with three birdies through his first five. He gave a couple of back before he made the turn. I think the most encouraging thing that we've seen out of Jordan Spieth, not only in this round one, but going back to last week, KP, is how well he's been hitting it off the tee. Um, yep. you know, strokes gained off the tee here on Thursday. He's second in the field as of right now, but he's been just running to the middle of the fairway uh, 10 out of 14 on round one here at Olympia fields, which is a, a very good rate. And he did the same thing last week, hitting a bunch of fairways. How many times around do you think Greller says, Nope, 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 <laughs> Nope, Nope. <laughs> He's thinking it. It never comes out. I swear it is like 97% of the words said in that relationship. Or <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, like I think, we obviously sort of joke about Spieth's inability to get get it in the fairway off the tee. He, he's he's been very Phil like over the course of his career, not just from like a wild off the tee perspective, but also tremendous iron player. And then the sort of magical short game. And you know, I, I think the thing, one of my takeaways from today and from really like last week is. His iron play is just kind of disappointing right now. You know, it's 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 okay, but man, that was his bread and butter in in 20 what 16, 17, 18 when he was really like thriving. Like playing, you know, he had his he had his crazy year in 2015, but it was really the years after that where he was super consistent as a top 5 player in the world. And I haven't looked at his kind of overall numbers recently, but the last couple of years so let's see here. This year, it's like a half stroke. Last year was a half stroke. 2021 was 0. 0.6. 2017 and 18, it was like 1.1 um, and, and kind of up in that range. 2015 was 0. 0.75. So to me, it's the iron play that's just fallen off just a little bit, you know, right? Like a half stroke per round is – it's a big deal when you yeah. – when you add it up over the course of a week and he's, just, I, I feel like he, all that to say, it's a bunch of words. He's not taking advantage of other parts of his game that are working well. Cause he's just not giving himself enough scoring opportunities with his irons. Yeah, indeed. And the difference between uh, half stroke, which sounds so little over the course of a season, that is the difference of being 
Corey Connors, the 17th best uh, player on tour versus being Sepp Straka, the 54th best player on tour. That's a half a stroke around. Sounds like yeah. a little. It's a ton. Yeah. And it, it, it just... I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that Spieth's driving it very well, and yet I don't really have confidence that he's going to go out and you know win a bunch of tournaments. Like if 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 if, if this had happened before, and you're like, oh, Spieth's hitting it good off the tee, you're like, cancel Christmas. He might win five in a row. <laughs> you know, and that's just not that's not where I'm at right now. So I I hope he. I hope he plays his way into the mix. It's always so fun when he does, but I'm a little bearish on kind of where he's at right now. Uh, maybe one of the more surprising results from that early wave was the 66 shot by Matt Fitzpatrick, which started out pretty slow, one over through six, and then he got hot with birdies at seven, nine, 10, 11, 13, and 15. The surprising result, KP, is just because of the, the form that Fitzpatrick entered this week with uh, 49th at the Travelers, miscut at the Scottish Open, 41st at Royal Liverpool, 66th last week, and the metrics hadn't looked very good, but Fitzpatrick found a way to get it done here on Thursday. He did. Uh, I he he's a he's a weird one for me right now. He's such a great hard like difficult golf course player. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about winning uh, Brookline. Uh, Bay, he's always played great at Bay Hill. Like there's just there's these golf courses that are very difficult that he that he plays uh, that he plays very well at, and so in from that perspective, it makes sense that he's he's uh, shooting 66 today. But man, has he not been? Do you think? Uh, actually, this is an interesting question. Do you think he's? Who do you think is the most disappointing player of 2023? And is he in that conversation? He's got to be, right? No, because he won. But um, like Patrick Cantlay, I think is the most disappointing player of 2023. Really? If you're a top 10 player in the world and you go a year without winning. Okay. Colin Morikawa. Okay. Spieth. Spieth. I mean, Fitzpatrick won and I do give Fitzpatrick a little. Oh, Justin Thomas, I guess is the real answer. But um, yeah. But Fitz, I give Fitzpatrick a little bit of a pass because he started the year with a neck injury. He won, and now it's been weird recently, but at least he won, and there are guys who were completely healthy for the year that did not have good enough years. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he's he's. I get where you're going, but I think there's other guys. Yeah, I the win was just it felt like the outlier to me, right? He he's got three top tens on the year. One was tournament of champions, January first week, second week in January. The other was obviously the RBC Heritage, and then he finished T nine at the Memorial. I guess he's got four. He finished T ten at the Masters. So I don't know. I I my view on Fitzpatrick changed so much last year with how he improved off the tee with how he played major championships. It's a little bit like the way my view of Hovland changed this year. I thought the baseline for Hovland was my baseline, personal baseline for Hovland was higher than my personal baseline for Fitzpatrick was last year. But those guys like Fitzpatrick was my guy last year. Hovland was my guy this year that really shifted the way that I viewed them. And he's just regressed. And it, 
again, it's probably some injury stuff. Um, seems like there's a little confidence stuff in there, but all that to say, it's great to see him playing well because he's somebody that he's not been a great Ryder Cup player, and and that's somebody that Europe needs. And I, I'm rooting for him to have a good Ryder Cup because I know that's it's a really meaningful spot for him. The chat nominates Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Cam Young, Tommy Fleetwood for the most disappointing category. I think those are all reasonable. I mean, the answer, ha- it, you're right, it does have to be JT. I just didn't think of him off the top of my head because, <laughs> because he's not playing. Right. Uh, but those were names that I thought. Finau won too, though, which is kind of weird, right? Yes. I, think you can- I, I looked at Finau's and I was like, oh, it might it might actually be Finau because he, he – especially because at the end of last year, he was piling up those wins and, and it was just like full steam ahead. But he did win Mexico, so it's <sighs> – it's kind of hard to put him in the same category as, I mean, Xander's Xander's been pretty disappointing. Yeah, but he's played pretty consistently well, right? Like he doesn't, I guess I'm just, I, just remember, that. I don't actually know. Was it Saturday or Sunday that he was in the fairway bunker on one at LACC and he left it in there twice. And I, my brain exploded because we were standing right there. And I that was, was like, Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Cause I think he was playing with Rory, right? That's correct. So that was Saturday. Yeah, because Rory and, was with um because the final group on Sunday was or Rory was with Ricky on Sunday or no. Wyndham was, was Wyndham and Ricky. Yeah, Rory was with Shuffler on Sunday. Right. So it would have been Saturday. Yeah. That was the most disappointed I'd ever been of Xander in that was in that moment. Yeah, he finished T ten there. I mean, he's got a lot of top ten, so he's got uh one, two, three, four, five, eight top tens this season. Wells Fargo, he was second. American Express, RBC Heritage. Well, one was the hero, so whatever. Um, yeah, I, you could talk me into that. I, it, it's it's relative, right? Like when we talk about disappointment, it's like, man, Xander's record's a lot better than uh, a bunch of other guys, but I don't expect a ton from a bunch of other guys, you right. know? And so I think it's a, it's a, the way that guys talk about, oh, it's a privilege to feel pressure. It's a privilege to be to, to for us to say, like, hey, you're having a disappointing year when you have all these top tens because that means the expectations are very high. That is correct. Sahith Figala, 66, four under, highlighted by a hole out eagle on the 14th hole, which came from 167 yards out. He is. I guess the bubble boy this week, he started the week in 31st top 30 punching their ticket to East Lake next week. As of right now, he is 12th. He was uh, asked about that after his round and he has essentially chalked this week up to be able to just kind of freewheel it. He's, he's playing with house money. He thinks, Hey, I just get to go out and play. Well, I'm currently on the outside looking in, watch and see what I can do. Yeah. He was the bubble boy last year too. Wasn't he? Ooh. I think he finished. I think he got in. You can maybe look this up on the the FedEx uh, or the uh, the FedEx Cup Wikipedia page. It shows ranking after each after each event. I think he got in really late uh, into the Tour Championship. Um, yeah, I mean, great round from him. Obviously, I, I don't. I don't know what necessarily to make of. I don't know what his trajectory is. You know, I don't, I don't have a comp for him. I'm, I'm, I mean, making, listen, like, I think one thing we don't, it's easy to make fun of like the net tour championship and like all whatever, but being the top 30, being in the top 30 
in the FedEx Cup year over year, that's a that's a big deal. You know, that's a really like meaningful thing. And and there's a reason that these some of the major championships give out uh, uh, exemptions to guys that finish or that make it to their tour championship because it's very difficult to do. So for him to potentially do it two years in a row. Uh, is super impressive. Do you have a comp for him? Like, is there anybody that you're like, oh yeah, that that's kind of what I see Sahith being over the next five or ten years? No, because I think the guy, the guy that I think he is closest to for me, they're they still have a lot of career left. So I I always bucket him with Cam Davis, just two incredibly raw, talented golfers who have shown us some unbelievable ability, but lack a lot of the consistency on a week to week basis. And they're going to pop up and they're going to have great finishes. And when they play their a game, it's phenomenal to watch. And I'm interested to see how they develop, but I don't have a guy who's 10 years later in his career than those two to say, this is what that could look like. Yeah. God, he's only 25. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Him and him and, is Scheffler still 25 or is he 26 now? Well, he just had a birthday, didn't he, with Tom Kim? I think he's 26. He's 27. He just turned 27. Scheffler is? According to Wikipedia, yeah. Not June okay. 21st, 1996. Okay. So Sahith has raised his his uh, strokes gain from last year. It was 0.4. Now this year it's right at one, which is it's pretty impressive, right? Now – the majority of that has come with the putter. So I don't know that there, he's basically been exactly the same from T to green. I'm just, I'm curious about, I think he's going to win on the PGA tour. I don't know if that's a couple of times or like five times not to throw in another five time PGA tour winner into the mix, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm very, I think Sahith is awesome. I think he's super fun. I think he'd, crush at a Ryder cup i'd love to see him on the u.s Ryder cup team at some point or president's cup even um so yeah i'm rooting for him to to make it to the tour championship do you know that sahith has raised a trophy recently i did not know that did he win a like a humanitarian award or what <laughs> it was golf related um he and Tom Hoagie won the QBE shootout last year. Okay. Yeah. I didn't remember that one. Don't remember that was, at all. Wow. I was, I was grinding on normal sport too during Tough the QBE shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's embarrassing. All right. Well, we will continue this conversation. We'll get to the top of the board and we'll look at the odds uh, for the rest of the BMW championship. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. 
I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back. Two men at the top of the leaderboard in with a pair of 65s. We'll start with Rory McIlroy. It was bogey-free. It was highlighted by the 17th hole in which he not only threads the needle between a couple of trees in the left-hand rough that gets it to run through the back of the green. He then proceeds to chip that one in for birdie, but also KP, it, as of this moment, would move him to number one in the FedEx Cup standings going for his record fourth FedEx Cup. Yeah, I mean, the up and down on 17 was comical. I mean, it was an up and in. It was not, well, I guess it was up and down from the left hand rough, up and up. Yeah, that's what I'm, well, yeah, I guess it wasn't <laughs> up and I don't know what you, what do you call that? I guess he didn't, he went down and up, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but it was spectacular. He twirled, he twirled it. Did you see this? Insanity. He twirled it as it fell, which is like a seven second delay on the twirl, which is, which is sweet. I was ruining not picking him in the one and done this week because you have him available. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were gonna save him for next week and just have it be respectable. I was just trying to make it respectable. <laughs> I should I should have shot my shot though and taken him this week and then Brian Harmon next week. Okay, so I think that. I, I so I've been sitting on Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark. Like, which one of you two dorks is going to be like top five when we get to East Lake? I took I took Wyndham Clark at uh, New Orleans with Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler, and they almost won. Yeah, that was a good pick at the time. At the time, and now it looks <laughs> I look like an idiot. Uh, so yeah, the so I, it makes me feel better that you're probably going to potentially take Harmon next week, especially. He's shot 65 as well, so he's tied with Rory now. But, uh, yeah, Rory Rory's round was super interesting because he only hit three fairways, but he hit 15 greens. It, it felt a little bit like the opposite of what everybody kind of gets on him for, which is like, oh, you hit it 320 down the middle and you don't hit any greens, which is not actually true. It's just sometimes what it seems like because a lot of his shots are shown on TV and they're not all perfect just as – Nobody on the PGA Tours shots are all perfect, but um, it was. I'm curious about whether you feel like it was a outlier or it was the round where you're like, oh, he just kind of won the tournament on that round. Oh, interesting. I don't think he just won the tournament, but I think that listen, Rory played uh, this. I, I think he was on my betting card this week. I bet him in real life. I think he made my betting card for the show where I thought this was so much like Oak Hill. I thought mm -hmm. that, you know, when it gets wet, that helps Rory. I, I think this is, this was just Rory being Rory. I don't think anything of it. Yeah, there he is. Six and a half to one. I got him at eight. Okay. It just felt like he got away with some stuff today that if you look back on Sunday, you're like, oh, that's kind of why he won the tournament. I, I guess is sort of what I'm saying. Yeah. The, I mean, 17 is the perfect example. He missed, he missed hitting the trunk of a tree by like, two <laughs> inches. It rolled through the bunker short of the green, which is like impossible to do. And then he chipped it in. He could have made double there. He makes birdie. So yeah. that was definitely quite fortunate. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think 
you know, we we're talking about Xander earlier, and Xander's got a bunch of top tens this year. But have you at any point this year thought, oh, Xander, maybe at Wells Fargo, but have you thought like, oh, Xander's going to win this tournament? No, never. No, no. And I think that I think there's such a difference in like the way that Rory is top tending right now and the way Xander is. Because I think Rory's top tending in a way that he's going to, and this is what he does. This is like his whole career. He just like gets up there, gets in it, and you run into 25 wins or whatever it is. 20, what's he at? 24. And I don't mean that of like you run into them in terms of you got lucky, but if you give yourself that many shots, like real shots at big events, it's they're going to, some of them are going to break your way and some of them are not. I, I just, he just plays at such a level that I, I, I don't know that he gets really even the credit for playing at the level that he has played at. And we've talked about that a bunch with like the tiger, the wake of the tiger era and all that stuff. But I think this is another example of like, he lost by one last week. Oh, he's he opened the 65 this week to lead again. He just, he just is like, his floor is insane. It's just so, so ridiculous. And this today was another example of it. Uh, Antonio in the chat thinks Rory will melt down on Sunday. Like always, except for that, except for that Sunday, three starts ago, but otherwise always melting down for Rory McIlroy. He is. I mean, you have to have massive leads to have 24 wins. If you always melt down on Sundays. So I, apparently he's led after 54 holes by 10, like 24 times. I, I must have be, I must have had a fever dream when he went birdie birdie on 17 and 18 to win the Scottish Open uh, three starts ago. That must have just slipped my mind there. For a while. Sure. Didn't he shoot like 65 last weekend on Sunday? No, nah, do, do not let facts come in. <laughs> Come into the conversation here. Uh, a 65 for Brian Harmon, our open, what is it? Champion golfer of the year? Champion, Champion golfer of the year. Yeah. Champion golfer of the year, Brian Harmon, which I actually thought his performance last week was was a lot better than it showed. So he was T31, but he lost two and a half strokes to the field on Thursday, his very first round since probably drinking, as they said, 40 Guinnesses out of the Claret jug. And then is that he, what he, is that what it was? I think Brendan Todd or one of the other sea Island guys had that quote about it. So that's, that's yeah. great. Good for him. So after that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he gains half a stroke, 1.7 point six. Like he was right back on track and it continues here. It was, uh, it was Brian Harmon continuing to play well. Yeah, it's it's good. You know, I, I think about this from more of a Ryder Cup perspective, um, just because, you know, he's somebody that the U.S. needs to kind of need him to be playing well going into Rome. There's a bunch of other guys that are, um, you know, maybe not playing like you thought they were going to. And, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Brian Harmon in kind of a post major champion world, because it's not he's not like a. He's not at the age where you're like, oh, he could be demonstrably better from now on. Um, but there's a confidence that comes with that that I'm interested to see if that maybe changes his trajectory slightly, you know, after after winning the Open. So I don't know. I It, it was a good round, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we're going to look at the odds board in just a second, but I do want to give a, a just a quick update on the notables who are still out on the golf course. Colin Morikawa is three under through 15. John Rahm, three under through 13. Scotty Scheffler, three under through 13. And Victor Hovland, two under through 13. So there is a chance, depending on a run that these guys get in their last uh, couple of holes, that they'll be four, maybe five under. So this is 
it's shaping up to be a strong leaderboard as we'll we'll head into Friday here eventually. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, my, by the way, did you see my boy Hideki? What did he do? He was like four under through eight and he shot even. Oh, you know what? I did see that. So it was weird because um, I I played 18 holes during the like in, in the delay this morning. I played an entire 18 holes because it took me two hours and 15 minutes to play 18. That's how long the delay was. It lined up perfectly. And then basically, basically by the time like I got home and shower, I did look and I saw Hideki was like scorching earth. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. I didn't actually see that he dropped down and shot a 71. He he shot like 40 on the back or something. <laughs> it was only a 38, but it felt like a 40. It felt like a 48. <laughs> All right, Josh, we have those odds or what are we doing? They're, cha- they're changing quickly. All right, we got them. So, ooh. Rory McIlroy, <laughs> two and a half to one. Scotty Scheffler, five. Rom, seven. Then you can get Victor Hovland at 13. Brian Harmon and Patrick Cantlay at 14 each. Colin Morikawa at 16. Cam Young at 16. Cam Young, I didn't mention. He is currently three under. He is done. He just finished up 67. I feel like Scheffler is five to one or shorter until Sunday with like three holes left <laughs> because the odds makers do what we do, which is like, say oh surely he can you know surely he'll make a few putts surely he can't be this bad <laughs> um yeah these are alive so this will change even like in the next whatever hour it'll change in the next 10 minutes probably what did i haven't seen hovland today okay he's two under through 13 hovland it was kind of my guy coming into the week i i like him live right now as we speak two under through 13 uh at at uh at 13 to one yeah and he missed um he missed a shorty somewhere i think it was and i think it was for bogey it might have been on 10 uh so there's still there's still some juice to squeeze out of that i will say at this moment scotty scheffler uh with his prototype putter is uh, gaining three quarters of a stroke on the putting surfaces it's 18th in the field now that's a counting stat so it's probably even better than that because he still has holes to play uh so scotty who did not ditch the flat stick after the horrendous round he had last week uh paying dividends right now yeah it is uh i've got a stat for you in my newsletter tomorrow how many what percentage of scotty's last 45 uh, tournaments do you think he's finished in the top five okay so last, last 40, 45 tournaments so that goes back what probably a year it's and a half of two, two, close to two yeah has he finished top five or better all right well i know he had like 19 top 12s in a row so i gotta figure out how many of those were top fives i think a lot of them were so i know he's got the six wins, right? I'm imagining are all in there. And then he's probably got, I don't know, five or six more seconds and throw in a couple more thirds. So 12, 40. So I will say uh, a third of them, 15 out of 45. Uh, it's actually over 50%. No. Yeah. He stopped. So hold on. Say that again. It was like over 50%. 50. Of 50. his last 45 finishes, he has finished inside the top five. I want to say 52%. Dare I say Tiger esque? Yeah. Uh, it might actually, I take that back. It might have dropped to right at 50% because he, d- I wrote, I 
conf no, I configured it after Memphis. So yeah, it's 52%. This year alone, Phoenix players, PGA, uh, US Open, Memorial, Charles Schwab, Scottish, Match Play, Travelers, Arnold Palmer, uh, Worldwide Technology, and Byron Nelson were all top fives. Yikes. He's it's it's and then last year Masters Arnold Palmer match play Phoenix U.S. Open Colonial um, Houston Open Tour Championship BMW Worldwide Technologies and that's it. Oh, that's it. Just <laughs> wow, it's crazy, dude. It is crazy. That 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 makes me feel that that gives me the the warm and fuzzies. It's it's truly truly extraordinary like uh, uh and and i think i think people like i keep beating the drum i keep yelling about it people get sick of it oh do you like what do you what why is scotty paying you it's like dude this is scotty paying you <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't even know how that would i don't know how that would work uh this is like a like insane stuff like he's playing at a level that is it's tiger-like. I mean, I keep saying it, but it, it truly is. So sick. Wow. All right. Well, uh, what did you schedule that email already? <laughs> what time do you I get? get uh, like 8 a.m. tomorrow. All right. And if people want to get in right now, where can they get in? Where can they uh, just, uh, oh, a normalsport.com slash newsletter. There you go. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, that'll do it. This round will be completed. And then we will be back after Friday, Saturday, Sunday to determine who's going to Eastlake. Big thanks to producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Corey Connors just rolled in a birdie. We needed that. Uh, Kyle Porter is available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.